Well, good morning, everybody. It is great to be here with you today. Um, aren't kids great? Huh? They are great. They make some of the greatest videos. They say some of the greatest things. Uh, we had actually changed the bumper this week, and I was kind of disappointed in that because I'm like, no, no, no. I, I love that kids bumper because it dis- it's going right into what we're talking about with rules of engagement, right? Um, kids behaving in a wonderful manner. Um, I don't know about you, but after seeing that last week, after, after last week we, uh, we played that as a promo video for, to encourage you to come back, those of you that were here last week to come back, this week, you know what I've been doing? Well, I've been singing Graves to Gardens, all right, if you were here last week, but I've also been saying, stop it, Johnny! <laughs> right? That's a, that's, I, I just, I loved that. Um, I don't know how they got into my house to shoot that. Um, and I don't even have a Johnny, but um, that, you know, that's, that, may be, uh, that may be your household most mornings, or that may have been your household once upon a time. You may feel like that. But kids are wonderful. They give great examples into rules of engagement. Why? Because they frequently act like who? Yeah, us. Um, sometimes we just have a little bit better filter system on our lives, don't we? Sometimes we, we are able to filter that a little bit better, but rules of engagement are still applicable to us in our life today. Also, the other thing about that video, clearly shot before COVID, right? Because you certainly aren't allowed to share a binky back and forth like that, right? <laughs> Otherwise, we just share the binky. No, no question, no, uh, no desire back and forth with that, right? Yeah, no, we don't want that. Anyway, Rules of engagement. We are so happy that you are here because there are a few things that we want to talk about. And I, and I want to I encourage you to come out to this series. I want to encourage you to be a part of this series. It is going to be a five-week series. It is leading right up four weeks up to Mother's Day and then one week after Mother's Day. So it's going to go right into the middle of May, this series. And I want to encourage you to come. I want to encourage you to make a commitment, if you can, to be here to be a part of this series. Why? Because it's all about relationships. And you know in your life some of your greatest joys, some of your most wonderful thoughts in your mind go back to a moment in time with that special someone. Whether that is with your spouse, whether that is with one of your kids, whether it's with your parents. You've got different memories in your mind, right? For me, I drive a 1994 Dodge Dakota pickup truck. My kids hate it. It's understandable. Most people should hate it, all right? Um, But Dirks Bentley sang about it, if you're a Dirks Bentley fan, all right? He sang about it because most would say that it's probably time to trade up. But that truck, all right, I drove around with my dad in that truck. So guess what? I still like to drive it around every once in a while. It looks terrible. It looks ridiculous. It needs a bath. It needs wash. But guess what? It runs. It gets me from point A to point B when I drive it. I don't drive it all the time because even I have a few standards in my life. And that has nothing to do with the age. That has, in fact, to do with it being a Dodge product. All right, anyway, I'm sorry. I I, I digress, I digress. Don't laugh, I'll continue. But relationships, right? You you can look around and you can see the people that that, that you have a relationship with and you love that. However, some of your greatest heartbreaks are relationships, right? Some of you, you think back to a certain person, a certain time, and your heart is broken. You still struggle with the thoughts. Why? Because of the 
brokenness because of what took place in that relationship. We want to encourage you, hopefully, through the rules of engagement, help you through this process. We want to help encourage each one of us in our relationships with people. Guess what? They're here for good. There are going to be people around you for all of your life, all right? And guess what? There are going to even be people at your funeral after your life, and they are going to say things about you, and it's going to be built on that relationship that you had with them. All right, so relationships are important. We encourage you, like I said, come on back out, be a part of the rules of engagement. In the United States of America, this, this certainly is a good time to be talking about this message because we are divided on so many things, right? We can't talk to certain friends because they might be of a different political party from us, but that, that's not new. I actually, I was looking this week, I was looking for something to go back in history, and I was thinking of, of the thought of the Hatfields and the McCoys. I don't know how many of you are familiar with the Hatfields and the McCoys, but you've probably at least heard of them if you were part of, uh, you know, if you have anything to do with your United States history. And what was it? It's merely two families that couldn't stand each other. They couldn't get along with one another. One family lived in Kentucky, the other one lived in West Virginia. They were separated by, I guess, a river that came across there. But they hated each other, and it all started back with the Civil War. Most of both families fought with the Confederacy. But there was one, memory, there was one member um, of one of the families that fought with the Union. After they came back, after the Civil War, I guess, it was over, or when one was back from, he had been injured on a battlefield, I think is what it actually was, um, he was killed. And they thought it was the other family that killed him. So as a result of that, this battle ensued. Do you know what picked up um, about, I think it was eight years later, this was back in the 1870s now, started out in the 1863 in that range. In the 1870s, you know what, you know what ensued to, to escalate the battle between the families? A pig. If, if you can trust what you read online, which I always trust everything I read online. All right? But a pig is what started the battle. It was the dispute between whose pig it was. And guess what? It was settled by the court justice, all right? The court justice was of the Hatfield family, so he said it was naturally the Hatfield's pig. Well, the McCoys didn't agree with that, and even though a cousin of both families testified as to whose pig it was, the McCoys decided to kill that cousin. Now, they claimed self-defense and that it was some sort of a barroom fight, I guess, and everything like that. So they got off. And from there, the feud just continued to escalate until at one point on New Year's night, the McCoys, I think it's the McCoys that went, excuse me, the Hatfields went to the house of one of the McCoys, shot the house, all right? They, they surrounded it and, and just shot into the house where kids, where the man's wife and kids were, set it on fire for them to escape. Now, that's a, that's a serious relationship problem. 28 years of hatred brewing between two families. They needed some rules of engagement. And the rules of engagement that they were using were not working. So let me just encourage you, if you look around in your life, if you're able to take a look around and see all the relationships in your life, and if you're able to say, everybody in my life is a jerk, you might want to take a look in the mirror because maybe the problem is the one that you stand and look at in the morning. 
All right, that, that's a little bit of a challenge to you, so I, I just encourage you, as we go through this process, be thinking about that, right? We all run into an occasional problem, right? That, that happens in life. We might have a problem with somebody at work. We might have an occasional problem within our family or something like that. But if everybody has a problem all the time, maybe the problem starts with me. And the good news is, when the problem starts with me, I'm in control, and I can start to work that change. You see, singing, we believe that God can move mountains, and we believe that he'll do it again, is really easy on Sunday morning when we have a great band up here leading us in singing that song. However, it's really hard on Tuesday mornings, right, when we're going to work and that same problem is there again, and suddenly we don't have that same faith that we had Sunday morning about a God that moves mountains, because this guy isn't even a mountain, but he's driving me bats. But the good news is we have some words, we have some scripture that God has left for us that hopefully will encourage you and encourage me over, this next, over these next few weeks as we take a look at what is it that is going on in our relationships. The very first thing that I want to start with for each one of us is I want you to know rule one. If we're talking about rules of engagement, rule number one that I want you to be aware of is it is not about winning. You see, sometimes in our mentality, we get this idea that it's always just about winning. How do I win in this situation? I don't care what it takes, but I've got to be the one that comes out on top, all right? I don't care what I have to do to my kids. I can beat them down, holler at them, scream at them, withhold everything with them, but I am going to win. I will not lose this battle. Maybe that's the situation that you have with your spouse. I will not lose the battle to my spouse. I will not lose the battle at work, whatever it is. Winning is not, that's, that's not the number one rule. That's not the number one goal. As a matter of fact, sometimes we got to step back and say, maybe it's not time to win. And if you're nervous, this isn't about participation trophies, all right? This is about relationships. How do I maintain my relationship? Sometimes we grow up in this era, this age where I have a really good point to make, and I want to make sure that you hear my point. Get my point, understand it. And we make the point, and we lose right away with our kids. We lose right away with that person that we're trying to build a relationship. You got your point across. You won that point, but you lost a relationship in the process. We need to be cautious of that. You see, winning is not everything, all right? It may be everything when you're playing a sport. It may be everything that you want to do in getting a sport. But when it is with the relationships with other people, winning is not rule number one. We want to make sure that we understand rule one, it is not about winning in your life. All right? It's not. It's about building that relationship with that person next to you. And sometimes we need to think, as Stephen Covey said in Habits of uh, Highly Effective People, we need to think win-win. What does a win-win look like here? No, no, no. That means I lost. No, no, no. Sometimes we need to think win-win. How, how do we make this work? In both situations. We're going to take a look this morning, and we're going to, we're going to look in the, in the book of Romans. If you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to turn there. We're going to look at Romans chapter 12, and we're going to have a number of the verses up on the screen as well. But, but as, we, as we get ready to look at the book of Romans, I just want you to know that we are going to be reading from the, the Apostle Paul. It is, it, is he, it is he that wrote this book for us. It is he that writes this for us so that we can understand. I want you to understand something about the Apostle Paul. He was a win-at-all-costs guy. Um, 
if you are thinking about him, it's inevitable to notice that in his life, he was about winning. See, prior to his coming to Christ, he was an individual that, that persecuted believers, all right? He was there at what was called the first martyr, that of Stephen. Stephen, who was a follower of Christ, an early follower of Christ, who proclaimed the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul was there, not supporting Stephen. He was there supporting those who stoned him. Why did he want him stoned? Because this teaching of a risen Christ was not right. It was wrong. And Paul was ready to win at all costs. And if it meant stoning and killing early followers of Jesus Christ, that is what he was ready to do. Paul, was, his life was miraculously changed by Christ. And all of a sudden, he still was about winning. He was about winning people to Christ, to the cost of Christ. All right? So Paul was not somebody that you just ran right over, right? Sometimes we think, oh, I get run over. That's, that's how I step back. And we'll talk about that a little bit later this morning. But it's not about just getting run over, but it's about others. How do we respond in relationship to others? So Paul gives us some great detail. He, he gives us detail into his life, and he gives us detail into how it is that we want to live our lives. And the first thing I want you to see is this. Um, one of the things that Paul writes in Romans chapter 12 is this right here. Romans chapter 12, verse 18, it says this, if it is possible, which means that in many cases it is possible. But it also means something else. On occasion, it may not be possible. But Paul's words, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. As far as it depends on you, as far as it depends on me, what can I do in my life to live at peace? And the very first thing that I want you to understand when it comes to relationships all right, and we're going to repeat this numerous times this morning and probably throughout the series, but one of the things that we need to understand about people, one of the things we need to understand about you, one of the things we need to understand about me, one of the things we need to understand about people that are out there is this, sinful people tend to respond sinfully when sinned against. Isn't that true in your life? Somebody lashes out at you, what are you ready to do? I'm ready to lash back out at them, Right? You want to be smart with me? I'll be smart right back to you. You want to do wrong to me? Guess what? I'll do wrong and I will one-up it, right? That was the Hatfields and the McCoys. Oh, you guys want to be the ones? Oh, we'll be the tougher guys here. Oh, you want to be one-up us? We'll come back and we'll shoot up your house and set it on fire. Kids, we don't care if they're in the house, right? That's what we do in our lives. We want to one-up the next person. Sinful people tend to respond when, sinful, when sinned against. I've mentioned this in driving numerous times, right? Yeah, we, we laugh about that. Because in driving, it's one of the things, if you drive, you can understand this. When somebody pulls out in front of you or when somebody does something really dumb on the road with you driving, your first response is always, hey, you guys are great, have a great day. I know you just didn't see me here today, but I'm thrilled that you're, I'm thrilled we're all safe and I hope you go on and have a good day right? That's all of our first responses when something happens on the road, right? Exactly. You guys are just like me. I remember when I was teaching my middle son to drive. He was 16 years old. We're teaching him to drive. We're pulling into the circle over in Johnson City. And at the circle in Johnson City, where we were coming into it off of the one road, a right lane starts when you get closer to the location. In other spots, the right lane's longer, but this one it's not. 
So he pulled into the right lane at the right time. Turned his blinker on. Right? What happens? The person that had pulled into that right lane about 50 feet, 100 feet, however far back, they're suddenly mad that he is doing it right. Naturally, as the dad in this situation, I was thrilled. I thought that gentleman was very nice to point out that he was there um, by beeping his horn and letting my son know, hey, I just want you to know I'm here. Just cautious. Take a look. Make sure it's all right, right? No, I wasn't like that. I'm annoyed with him, right? Why? Because sinful people, that's just a fun example, but think about the relationships that you're in. Sinful people tend to respond sinfully when sinned against. And the good news is, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, all right, there is a remedy for us, all right? The good news is, if you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, the truth of Scripture, the truth of relationship that Scripture talks about is helpful for you. It is helpful for each one of us. These truths aren't truths that only work within Christendom, all right? These are truths that are universal. If we will look around, we can look and we can live at peace with those around us. Why? Because we are aware that we are in a fallen world. And in this fallen world, sinful people tend to respond sinfully when sinned against. Paul goes on to tell us, and we're we're actually going to back up in this whole passage here because uh, I just wanted to start there with looking at that, but we're going to back up in chapter 12, and we're going to look at chapter 12, verse 1, and Paul has given us something here when he says, therefore I urge you, and when he says that, when Paul is saying this, therefore I urge you, I want you to understand, we're in chapter 12 of a book. We're picking up a book three quarters of the way through, and as we look at this book right here, Paul is going to give us some examples now in how to live our relationships, but do you know what he has done prior to this? He's set down doctrine and theology for us. And doctrine and theology are words that you may be, "Eh, they're for the church people, those aren't for me. I want you to know doctrine and theology are important to each one of us. And it doesn't have to be in those fancy terms, but it's those words are the words that determine. It is the doctrine. It is our theology. It is what we believe about God. It is what we believe about life that determines how we live. You see, if I believe that Jesus Christ died for all of mankind, as the, as the Apostle John wrote in his gospel that, Je- that Jesus had died for all, right? If I, if I believe that, I understand that when I look at people out around me, even people that, uh, that annoy me at times, I look around and I can understand, you know what? That's an individual that Jesus died for, right? You mean to tell me he died for Republicans? You mean to tell me he died for Democrats? I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure we, right? No, but we can look around and we can see these are people that God is concerned about. And that, the doctrine that, that Paul gives us coming into Romans 12 is doctrine so that we know what Christ has done for us. Guess what? You were sinful. Paul wants us to know you were sinful. You were lost. You were without hope apart from Christ. Paul establishes that for us. And then he's going to go on, and he's going to tell us, guess what? This is then how we should live. Paul actually does this in most of his books that he writes. Paul Paul writes a good portion. The Apostle Paul writes a good portion of our New Testament. 
And in writing them, oftentimes he speaks to the very theology. He speaks to the doctrine of why it is that we do what we do. All right, we do it because there is a God in heaven above. There is a Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who came to the earth, who died for our sins. All right, and Paul establishes for us so that we understand this is why you live as a Christian life. This is why you live as a Christian in this world. And when he gets to chapter 12, he says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. I want you to think about that passage right there. Because our spiritual act of worship is Sunday morning, all right? Singing. It's not Tuesday morning when the guy cuts me off, but that's our spiritual act of worship as well. Our spiritual act of worship is to offer our bodies as living, living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. You know what? Being a Christian, being a follower of Christ is how we live the remainder of the week. It's not just determined by how good we look on a Sunday morning, how loud we sing, how well we praise God, it's determined by how we treat people. And sometimes it's determined how, by how we treat the people that we don't even like so well, the people that annoy us. Paul gives us insight, and he wants us to know as living sacrifices, and that sounds good, right? That, that's, a bold, that's a broad statement as to how to live. And he goes on from there, right? And he goes on and he says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. That's difficult, isn't it? Because the pattern of this world is something that we look at, and boy, there's a lot of things that I enjoy about the pattern of this world. And Paul's warning us, don't conform any longer to it. Why? Because the pattern of this world is, it's about winning. The pattern of the, this world is, if you offend me, I am going to come back and offend you even greater. If you cheat me, I am going to cheat you better. Right? Not treat you better. I am going to cheat you better. Right? I'm going to outdo you but be transformed. What? Transformed. Changed. By what? By the renewing of your mind. How does it take place? How does this change take place? It takes place because we have a mind right here. And if we can go through the renewal process, renewing our mind, right? That is how we will trans be transformed. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Therefore, when we get down into more of the meat of this passage as to what we are looking at today, as to what we are talking about this morning, it go, he goes on to say a little bit later in some of the passages as we go, do not repay, right? 15 verses later, he goes on to say, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Don't be like that. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of of everyone. Be careful how it is that we live. We want to make sure that we are looking around, that we are living. Live carefully in this world. How? Through that transformed mind. If it is possible, again, right? If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, right? Right here, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, mine is to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. You know what? Sometimes it's hard to leave that process to the Lord. And yet he says, hey, don't you be, worry about, don't you be worried about the revenge. You leave that for me. 
I will take care of that. And then he goes on and he says, on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. Then, for that part of you that's looking forward to get even, right? When we do well, what are we doing? We're heaping burning coals on his head. So if that's the part that you're excited about, you're there like, boy, let me give this person a lot of food then. Right? We look around. I really don't like them. We're taking grocery. We're taking them the biggest Wegmans grocery card ever. Right? Here you go. I'm just hoping more burning coals on you there. Right? But that God tells us we are to do the contrary to what it is. He wants us to give. He wants us to love, to show love. Do not overcome. Do not be overcome. He goes on. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You see, in our lives, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about this, this because these are all about our reactions, because in our lives, you see, sinful people respond sinfully when sinned against, and if we don't want to be like that, we need to be ones who rethink our reactions. And in our lives, our reactions say a lot about us, don't they? Let's take a look, look at some of, a list of some of the reactions that we have in life. You see, some of our reactions, we react, we react to conflict, all right? And for some of us, it's we fight or flight, right? We're ready to get right in there and fight. Some of you, when it comes to conflict, you're ready to fight. Others of us, we're ready, we're gone. As soon as conflict comes, we're, we're ready to disappear. Violence or silence, right? I'm, gonna, I'm there, we're ready, violence or silence. We want to dig in or we give in. Um, we want to blow up or... We want to clam up. Our reactions can be like this. And by the way, and oftentimes we can see those as reactions that we think are perfectly fine, right? Those that like to blow up, well, I had a right to blow up. Those that want to avoid and get away, well, I had a right. I had to get away. I, I had to get away from the conflict. I, I don't like conflict. I'm not good with that. There are some, there are some, there are some results of these reactions. So if yours is the one that likes to escape, all right, if you're one of the people that likes to escape when it comes to conflict, right? And many of us, uh, that may be you. Um, I'm not the person that's going and looking for conflict right away. There are others that like to find conflict, right? But if you're one of the ones that likes to escape, what's, what's one of the things we do? We deny. Ah, it's not that big of a deal. It's really not that big of a problem, right? But what happens with that when we deny that? It leads to this inward stewing. Suddenly we're having arguments with ourselves, conversations with ourselves late at night when we can't sleep, right? We're talking about that individual. They're driving us nuts. And all of a sudden, it just becomes this inward stewing that takes place in our lives. And what do we want to do? Sometimes there's a temporary flight with it, right? Think about this. In, in, a, in a marriage, all right, in a marriage situation, maybe that temporary flight is I'm, I'm getting away from the situation and we're choosing to separate, right? Maybe if it's work, I'm choosing, to, uh, I'm choosing to look for a new job and I'm taking as many days off as I can until I find that. Then there's a the permanent flight. And what's that permanent flight look like? In a marriage, it looks like divorce. In a job, it looks like I'm finally done. I'm quitting. I can't stand being there with that individual anymore. If it's a child and a parent, all of a sudden it's the child just saying, I'm done. I'm closing myself off. I'm away from my mom and dad. You see, when we break relationships... These are some of the results. Ultimately, the ultimate escape one is suicide, right? You take your own life, and that breaks the heart of individuals. That breaks the heart of the people that are around there. Escape reactions. But not only are there escape reactions, 
there's also some attack reactions, right? And the attack reactions are different, right? What does the person that likes to attack do? They choose to manipulate. They want to manipulate and control the situation as much as they can. They look around, and if you've ever been in that situation, you know what it looks like. They are manipulative, and they're trying to control you. These are things that we as individuals do that we need to be aware of. We can verbally assault people, lash into them. Litigation, right? That's another step forward. We're going to take that individual to court. We continue on from there, and there's physical assault down there, right? With somebody that's beating you. There they are. They're in the attack reaction, right, as to how they respond. And ultimately, the final result there is murder. This one is certainly more socially acceptable, right? This one is to get away. It's more socially acceptable, but both of them have their weaknesses, right? This one is, I just want to avoid conflict as much as I can. This one is, I am just going to power through and I am going to destroy you in conflict and you will submit to me. Neither one is the reaction that we want. Both reactions, sinful by nature, why? Because sinful people respond sinfully when they are sinned against. Paul told us, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. We need to work in our lives to not be the people that just avoid conflict all the time. Oftentimes, it's a good thing to avoid it. You know that? Um, we are told that love overlooks a multitude of sins, right? We have a Savior who died on the cross for our sins. We need to rethink our reactions. Let me just help you with some thoughts for rethinking our reactions as we look at this right here. Remember, Paul said that we're not to conform. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, right? That's the easy way to conform to the pattern of the world. What do we want to do? We, we don't want to repay evil for evil. Think about that in your life. If you're thinking right away, well, this is a response that they deserve. Think about that in your life. Don't be like that. I don't want to repay evil for evil. I want to start working my way away from that. Do not take revenge. If you're out ready to take revenge, let me help you out. You're already headed down the wrong track of that relationship right? And these areas can be so difficult in your life, in my life at many times. Because why? They cut to the heart of some of the relationships that you have with some of the people that you are closest to. And it can be so hard. And we can give up and we can think that we need to give up. However, we need to remember that we do believe in a God that can move the mountains. And if he can move the mountains... He can work in your heart to change how you feel about that individual, to lead you in the changing of your course, of your life, of your relationships, to make it so that if it is at all possible within you, you live, you live at peace. You see, it goes on. If we need to rethink our reactions, we need to renew our minds. We need to live at peace. We need to bless or we need to give. That is how we respond in this world, in this life. That being said, I want to go back as much as it is possible. 
This all sounds great. And there are times when it is not possible. And you know that in your life. You've come across those points in your life where you're the individual that says, I have done everything that I think that I can do to make this right. Paul leaves that open for us, doesn't he? Because he's aware that we live in an evil world and sinful people, when sinned against, right, they will act sinfully. And sometimes it is not possible in your life. Sometimes there needs to be that end. Sometimes there needs to come that divorce. Sometimes there needs to come that separation. But in your life and in my life, we want to do what we can, right, to live at peace with others. You see, if we need to rethink our reactions, we need to pursue peace, right? Be individuals that are about pursuing peace in our lives. I find it interesting as we look at this, as we go through this. As a matter of fact, I, I need to say thank you to an individual as we go through this series because it's a friend of mine um, that most of these, this message is taken from, a, a friend of mine named Dave Whiting. Um, this, series, this, this message right here is really a lot of his work, and I'm thankful for it. But you know what I'm more thankful for? Um, meeting him uh, 30 years ago in my life or so. Why? Because Dave is an individual who handles conflict well. If there's an individual who was going to write a message on something like this, He's an individual that could do that. And why do I mention that? I mention that because he set an example for me in my life. Set an example for me within my family. Within how is it that I treat my wife? How is it that I treat my kids? How is it that I look to treat others? I'm thankful because I had an upbringing that my parents taught me well in that. I'm thankful that Dave was helpful in teaching me the theology. Why is it that we are going to do this? I am thankful that within Christianity, there are those. As a matter of fact, some of you, you know those that are outside of the Christian faith that set great examples of how it is to live with others at peace and live faithfully. So I'm thankful to those individuals, and I would encourage you to look to them. I would encourage you over the next few weeks, if you are involved in a small group, I would encourage you to discuss these matters in your small group. I would encourage you, if you have a confidant that is in your family, that whether it's your spouse, whoever it may be, that you are able to discuss these matters. Why? Because they are difficult in our lives. You see, it is, as much as it is possible, right? We look at that verse again. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And why are we to do that? You see, that very first rule that we looked at, it's not about winning. But we need to change our thoughts. We need to change our thinking to it's about pleasing God. You see, in your relationships and in my relationship with others, can we look at others and say that, you know what, my relationship with this individual, I want it to be about pleasing God. That's difficult. Because if you're in a difficult relationship, sometimes it's about pleasing that person that you can just keep the peace with. Sometimes it's about pleasing me. 
But the challenge of Paul is, the challenge of Scripture is, that we are to be individuals that please God. Why? Because when we please God, the things out here suddenly start to take care of themselves. But it's difficult because we live in a sinful world, because we are sinful individuals who respond sinfully when we're sinned against. This week, what would it look like in your life? What will it look like in my life if we just practice a little bit of our reaction time, changing our reactions so that we can think, you know what? How am I doing at pleasing God? Pray with me if you would, please. God, as we close our time together here, Lord, I say thank you that you are a good and a gracious God. I say thank you that you have brought each one of us together this morning. And Lord, I say thank you that we can be individuals that please you. You wouldn't say that we can live at peace when it's possible if it weren't possible for us. And yet, God, I would ask that you would encourage and strengthen the individuals here this morning that are living in situations that are so difficult, they don't know where the possibility is. But Lord, may you help them to trust you. God, it may not all work out perfectly and well as we would hope, as we would want. But God, help us to trust you in our lives. God, we thank you that you are a God who is able to do immeasurably more than we think or imagine through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray for the individuals here this morning. God, each one of us who may look around and we may say, you know what, I'm the problem. Help us to change. Those that are beat down, that are hurt, Lord, help them to heal. May this series of messages, rules of engagement, Lord, may it help each one of us in our walk and on our relationship with those around us. God, I say thank you, and we pray this in Jesus' name.